Uh, If you would, please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 20. John, chapter 20. And I hopefully will not take too long this morning because uh, at the end of this, um, we are going to have the the, the worship team come back over and we're going to sing one more song at the end. And I have a feeling it's going to be really really powerful. Uh, The book of John chapter 20, resurrection has taken place, and now it is that evening. John chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. Now, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Now, suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them, peace be with you, he said. Now, as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hand and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he says to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and he says, let's receive the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. But if you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, if any place you wanted to be there at that moment, like, what were you doing, Thomas? Like, you should have been there. Have you ever, like, done that? Like, you go to a party or you go to someone's house, and then they tell you, oh, listen, if you would have been here an hour ago, like, that's a big thing among surfers. You go up to the beach, and then there's some guy getting out of the water. If you would have been here an hour ago, the waves were awesome. And to which every surfer's like, just, just go away. Don't talk to me anymore, ever. You know? and, and we don't believe them. They're lying. Like, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. So Thomas wasn't there. And they're all telling us, and we have seen the Lord. You missed it, buddy. But he replied, listen, I won't believe it. Unless I see the wounds in his hands, I put my fingers in them and I place my hands into the wound in his side. And so now listen, eight days later, the disciples, they were together. And this time Thomas was with them. He was there. He was there. And and the doors, they're still locked. But, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, listen, Thomas, come here, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put, put, put your finger in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Just believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas explained. Explain. Uh, then Jesus told him, listen, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. So last week, We came together and we celebrated resurrection. We celebrated this resurrection morning and the risen Christ, the the moment in history that changed all of history. And now when when we look at the scriptures, now we find that it's that same day, except for now it's evening. Some things have gone by. And I thought this week as I was preparing the sermon, I was like, I just want to continue talking about resurrection. And and not just just the celebration of resurrection, but living resurrection, walking resurrection out every day of our lives. So I'm there. I'm at my computer, and I'm typing. 
and, and I'm just going to town, and all of a sudden, uh, there's all these little red dots on the screen. Like, why, why are all these red dots on the screen? It means you have misspelt a word. And there's all types of red dots on the screen when I'm typing. And I notice, like, every time I'm trying to spell the word resurrection, it's saying it's misspelled. I'm like, what kind of pastor am I that can't spell the word resurrection? And I'm like, I think I got it right. So I'm typing, I'm like, R-E-R, no, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, no, R-E-S, and like, I can't get it right. And I finally realized, like, there's a bunch of R's in resurrection, R-E-S-U, R, R. There's like this double R in the middle. So it's like kind of like a little growl in the middle of it. Grrr, like resurrection. You, so you got you to you say it with like growl to get it. And now all of you will remember that and you'll be able to spell it for the rest of your lives. Resurrection. You know, and, and I'm just thinking to myself like, okay, I might not be able to spell it, but Jesus helped me live it. Right? And, and so I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to just come and, and just be able to celebrate resurrection. I want to live resurrection. I I, want to know if Jesus says, listen, it's here and it's now and it's for you. God, what does that look like? And so very, very practical examples here in the Bible. It's resurrected day. They've celebrated that morning. They've seen, they've seen the risen Christ. And and then it starts up and says, listen, it was, it was evening. The disciples are in this room and the doors are locked. Why are the doors locked? It says because they had this fear of the Jewish leaders because there's the the very real nature that to be a follower of Christ, listen, there's all types of persecution that's going on. Uh, the Jewish leaders, different, different people in the community, listen, they do not like this fact, and they are out to get these believers, these followers of the way. And as this happens, they are, well, they're afraid. Which, man, there's, there's so many different things wrong with this, right? Because imagine... Just that morning, the tomb is empty. You have witnessed resurrection. You've witnessed resurrection. And so, so it begs the question, like, if we serve a God who can resurrect the dead, why are we worried about a few men? Why are we worried about a few leaders? Like, if we have a God who can resurrect, come on. Why? And yet, still, the doors are locked. And they're afraid. I love uh, the way the message says it in 2 Corinthians. It says this. It says, listen, instead of it, Paul speaking, talking about going through different trials and, and troubles, he said, instead of trusting in our own strength or our own wits, our own smarts to get out of it, we were forced to trust in God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. So if this is this God of resurrection and he could raise the dead, don't you think he could take care of a few just men, a a few of the Jewish leaders? And and so there's this very real struggle that's going on within the disciples' lives. Because on on one hand, there's this witness to resurrection power, and yet there's this, this man, this group of people that are out to kill us. And so lock the doors. This is what's going to happen. What are you struggling with right now? No, no, seriously, take a moment and think about it. What is something in your life right now that you're struggling with? Get, get, get the picture in your mind. Is it your family? Is it your finances? Is it your marriage? 
What's going on? What, what is the struggle? Maybe it's a sin. Maybe there's the sin that so easily besets you. Get a picture of that struggle. And some of y'all, you, some of us, some, we have we've struggled with these things for a long time. And now I want you to take that picture, and then I want you to just kind of mentally set it beside the resurrected Christ. The thing you're struggling with, sitting up next to the resurrected Christ. How much power do you think that that thing really has? when compared with Jesus, when compared with his blood. Think about that for a moment. See, because here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to, to believe any new revelation. I'm not asking you to kind of, oh, oh, wow, I've never thought about it like that before, and all of a sudden, I just have this crazy faith. No, no, I'm simply asking you to simply appropriate what you already believe. Because as believers in Christ, we're grounded and we are, we are put for, first and foremost in this thing called resurrection. I mean, Paul even says it. Listen, if there is no resurrection, eat, drink, be merry. All of this stuff that you've bought into, psh, it's all a big lie. Like, no, no, no. But if there is resurrection, if there's resurrection power in Jesus, and then there's your struggle. There, there, there's this thing. There's the reason why we lock the doors. Because whether we like it or not, we as members of humanity, we like to focus on the things that we can see. Sometimes it's really hard to see Christ when all we can see is these struggles before us. When all we can see is it's plain as day. Look at this. This has happened. Some of y'all got in a fight this morning with your spouse. Some of y'all kids went crazy this morning trying to get them in the car. All of that, and so you see it. It's there. It's before you. There's that number on that bank statement that comes back every month, and you see it, and it's there. And yet, here, constantly, Jesus is, is praying this prayer, and he's telling us as believers, he says, listen, man, that they would have eyes to see, that they would have ears to hear. I mean, he, he tells us over and over and over. And, and, and as we begin to look at the teachings and the life of Jesus, there, there's no way that you could read these scriptures and walk away from it and, and have any other deduction than this. That there's something bigger than this life that we're seeing. There's something bigger than what I'm seeing with my physical eyes and hearing with my ears. There's something more. I actually, I wrote this down and I wanted to say it this way. It says, there's the overwhelming reality that reality is not as we know it. There's an overwhelming reality that reality is not as we know it. In other words, there's something more real than these things that we are seeing and tasting and touching right now. Because Jesus is constantly saying, listen, listen, man, that our eyes would be open, that our ears would be open, that we'd be able to know and see. Because the reality is, listen, we have bought into a lie. And we think that, like, this is it. And Jesus is saying, no, there's something bigger. There's something bigger. Let me illustrate it this week with this Minute Maid lemonade. Where's that camera at? Can we do this one right here, Ben? Can you, like, close up on the Minute Maid lemonade? Y'all drink this all the time. You know you do. 
okay? Uh, first of all, made with real lemons. Got that? Can you see that? I can't see that. Oh, there it goes, yeah. Made with real lemons. On the back of the can, here we go, at the very top there. You can't really see it. 3% lemon juice. I mean, look at the marketing. Made with real lemons. This is awesome. This is the best lemonade. 3% lemon juice. 3% lemon. Like, and, and whoever marketed this was genius. Because they're like, this is real. This is real lemonade. They didn't market it. They didn't tell you. Made with 97% not lemons. <laughs> Made with 90% of other stuff that we can't pronounce. Glycerone. Sodium number 17. There's 16 other ones? 97% of this thing is not real. And yet, if I was to give it to you and you were to take a drink and you would say, well, what is it? Well, that's lemonade. No, it's not. No, it's not. And the same thing is true of this life. Jesus is saying, you've bought into a life that well, yeah, the enemy's giving you maybe, maybe about 3%. It's just kind of real enough not to be fake, but it's so fake that it's not real. And we go through this life and we think, man, I read the scriptures and there's something more to this life than I'm living. And the truth is, well, there is. There is. You know, for a long time, the most popular show on TV was that TV show, Walking Dead. And I think it was so popular because everybody loved the zombies. And it was like all these zombies. And, and I, think, I think it was so popular because we could relate. Because so many times we feel like those zombies. We're not quite alive, but not quite dead. And there's something more out there that we're waiting and wanting to grasp onto. But, man, we're kind of stuck with this, well, 3%. And so we lock the doors. And so we look at the problem. And Jesus has constantly invited us in to listen, come, taste, and see. There's resurrection power here and now. There's life now. And so he comes in. He comes into this, this, this space. And they've witnessed it. And yet there's still fear among them. And yet some of the very first words that Jesus speaks after the resurrection is this. He says, peace be with you. You know, one of the hallmarks of living this resurrected life is that there's peace. That there's peace in Christ. That no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happened, no matter what pain and what loss, no matter what's happening in society, you could have peace. Is there anybody in this morning that could just use some peace in their life? Right, let, me tell you, let me tell you something about peace. There, there is no price tag. You know, like, you can't, all the money in the world, you couldn't trade it for, man, peace. Man, to have peace, to rest your head on your pillow at night and know that, man, there's just peace. No matter what's going on, it doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter how much gas prices cost. It doesn't matter who did this or who did that or what's happening in our society and our culture. It doesn't matter what the stock market's done. Man, there's peace. And Jesus says this constantly. He says, peace 
be with you. He says it again, peace be with you. When Thomas shows up, he says, listen, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Listen, remember that story where there's Jesus on the boat, there's a great storm, and he is in the bottom taking a nap. He is just totally chilled out, snoring it up, and they got it. Jesus, go and wake up. Go wake up. You know, and the disciples are almost angry with him. Have you ever gone around people like that? Like, they're, 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 they're experiencing peace, and you're mad at them because they're not upset? Don't you know you should be upset right now? You should be freaking out like we all are. I mean, I know that that's my story. Just a few weeks ago, I lost my wallet. That, for a man, let me tell you, that was one of the worst things you could do. And, and let me tell you why I'm freaking out. And then I'm mad at my wife because she's not freaking out. <laughs> Devin, I've lost my wallet. Stop what you're doing. Turn everything off. We're not doing anything until we find my wallet. And I'm freaking out. I'm mad at her because she's just like all calm. And oh, did you look underneath there? Yes, I looked underneath there. <laughs> just look again, you know. And, and the reason why I'm freaking out, I'm not freaking out because of the credit cards. You can just call and can I'm not freaking out because of the cash because I'm married and I haven't seen cash in 10 years. Um, <laughs> the reason why I'm freaking out is because of the driver's license. And you all know what I'm talking about. Like, I do not want to go and wait there for 27 hours at the driver's license line. <laughs> I will be there all day. And then i got to be honest, I'm a little afraid I won't pass the test if i got to take a test. You know, what is this sign? Square triangly thing. Railroad? I don't know. I don't know. Like, we finally found my wallet, and I'm, like, still mad at my wife for, like, another few hours because, and yet Jesus comes in, and he's constantly, listen, peace be with you. I had, a, I had this buddy that his, his house burnt down, lost everything, you know, uh, clothes, everything, house burned down. And um, I'm talking to him, and he's like, yeah, man, but I had my fishing pole in the back of the car. So that's good. Like, do you want to go fishing? I'm like, sure. Let's go fishing. We could catch some fish. Apparently, you've already got the fire. We could... I was like, too soon, too soon? He's like, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, okay, you know. Like, but, but this is a true story. He, his house is burnt down. He, he's like sifting through the ashes. And there's, have you ever seen these fish that um, you mount on the wall, and when you walk on the wall, the fish sings a song? And, like, everything's burnt, like, nothing left. And he flips over this board, and this fish jumps up and starts singing. <laughs> and you know what song the, the fish is singing? Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing's going to be all right. And that's exactly how Jesus works. Out of the ashes and rubble, he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Don't worry about a thing, because everything's going to be all right. Uh, I think it's Philippians. Um, Don't worry about anything. Get Pray about everything. Let your petition be made known to God. Because listen, when God's on your team, it doesn't matter what happens. When you have the power of resurrection on your side, think about it. Put it up against anything. 
Resurrection is going to win every time. Every time it wins. There's nothing. Um, it, it's the equivalent of having, like, Michael Jordan on your basketball team. Like, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. You know, we're going to win. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the neighborhood, the, like, church league or whatever. Like, yeah, we got Jordan. It doesn't matter who we're playing. We're going to win. You know, or, or um, what's the one guy? Uh, Ronaldo in soccer. You, you get him on your team. Okay, I got to admit, I don't know anything about soccer. <laughs> like, I've heard that name Ronaldo before. That was total hypocrisy right there. I know nothing about soccer. I think he's a good player. He might play hockey or something. <laughs> I don't know. But if you have that guy, you're sure to win some sport. <laughs> I don't know. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Alan's a soccer guy. Uh, that was total hypocrisy from stage. Forgive me, Jesus. I repent. Sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> no matter how many locks we put on the door, Jesus can still enter. And sometimes his very first words to us in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our uncertainty, is peace. Peace be with you. Uh, another thing that happens as, as we learn about this living resurrection, that there's a peace, but then there's also a faith. There's also a, a, a belief that happens. Uh, Simon has, has missed it. He says, listen, uh, I, I, we live in this thing. Listen, I need to see. And Jesus, Jesus shows up to him, and, and he's there for the second time. And, and here's the thing about faith. Faith grows. Faith, like, faith, like man, it's, it, it, sometimes it feels like baby steps. Sometimes it feels like it's taken forever. Man, but, but, but faith has a way of growing. Faith has a way of, listen, uh, I, I, man, I, ooh, I've had this encounter, and now, Jesus, I, can, I believe a little bit more. I believe a little bit more. And, and Jesus even says to him, listen, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Uh, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it says this. It says, faith is this confidence that we have this hope. Excuse me. Faith is this confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about these things that we cannot see. Through their faith, the people of the days of old earned a good reputation. Now, now the book of, in this chapter here it begins to go on and it begins these list these people of the days of old that have had this good reputation through faith. And it, it talks about Abel. It talks about Enoch. It talks about Noah. It talks about uh, Jacob and Abraham and Isaac. And then it says this in verse 13. It says, listen, it says, all of these people, all of these people of faith, they died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance. And welcomed it. They saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. And there's this reality like that, listen, if we could only, only have faith in these things that we could see with our physical eyes, listen, we're going to be very disappointed in this life. Because sometimes God does things and he gives us promises, and sometimes they're far off. And sometimes the promise that he gives you, your children are going to walk in. 
and their children are going to walk in. I know, Abraham, and I told you that it was going to be like the, the seashores and the stars of the sky, but I just gave you this child. And then that child got this child, and then he had these children, and now look at it. See, but if Abraham would have got upset, and if he would have just said, but listen, this is it. Like, no, 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 no. You've got to see it from afar off. You've got to see the other things that God's doing. Because here's the reality. When God thinks and when, when God gives you a plan and a dream and a purpose and a vision for your life, it goes beyond you. Every time. Every time. It's not just about you. It's about every person that you come in contact with. It's about your kids and their kids and generations to come. And our faith grows as we move with God and we have these encounters with God. And here's, here's what I've learned. Sometimes we want God to show up in the flesh, but what happens is I think God wants us to show up in the spirit. But God, Jesus, it would be so much easier if you were just sitting right there in that chair and we could all just see you and then it would be like, boom, we have faith. Yes, the resurrected Christ, he's right there. I could touch, and I could see, and I could put my hand in his wounds. And Jesus is like, yeah, that, that's an option, but I'd like to show you a better way. I'd like to show you that there's actually something even more real than these things in this world that you touch and taste and see. That there's a life beyond this one, and there's a reality that's more real than this thing that you call reality. And it's the kingdom of God and so often we find ourselves like the woman at the well that we're coming for a drink. And Jesus says, listen, I got some water that once you drink of this, you'll never thirst again. Some living water. It's step by step. The fact is it's daily resurrection. It's living the resurrected uh, life when things don't go as planned. When there's loss and we don't know why. And there's pain and there's suffering and sometimes it doesn't come wrapped in this bow, and here's the answer of uh, this happened for this reason, this reason. Sometimes it's just, well, we have to see it from afar off. And we have to put our trust and our faith in knowing that, listen, we serve a God who at the end of times, at the end of there will be a day where he uh, puts everything and it's reconciled unto himself, and everything becomes clear, and we understand why then. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. There's a story that I want to share with you before we enter back into worship. And um, there's this, the, the man's name was Horatio Spatford. Now, we've shared this before, and I just thought it so appropriate this morning, but it is the uh, late 1800s, and Horatio was a... Uh, very well accomplished businessman, and he had lost, he had, had a wife and five children, and he had lost his, his youngest son to pneumonia a couple years prior. It was a great fire in Chicago, all types of real estate, all different things. Anyway, long story short, he loses everything, all of his investments, all of his properties, all these things, he, he loses it all, and uh, he's booked passage on a ship for his family to head over to Europe. His, his wife and his four daughters board that ship. Now somewhere between here and Europe, that ship struck another ship and it went down. 
when it went down, his wife was the only survivor from his family. Upon getting back over to Europe, she sent this telegram to him that said this, these famous two words, saved alone. He had lost everything. He had lost all of his daughters. His, his four daughters had gone down. His son had died. He lost, he lost his business. He lost all this. The reason why he wasn't on the ship is because he had to, to stay back to, to deal with some business issues that were happening there in Chicago. And the plan was for him to, to, to join his wife a few days later. So he, a few days go by and he gets on that ship. And as they're on that ship and they're crossing the ocean, the captain of that ship comes up to him and, and tells him and says, uh, uh, Mr. Spatford, I, I, just, I just want you to know that this spot right here that we're, we're, we're in right now, this is the place where the ship went down. This is the place that he lost all four of his little girls. And he walked to the stern of that ship and he began to pen these words that have been sung over and over and over again. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. Come on.